happy holidays. This is your path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Absolutely no Grinches allowed. Forget what you think you know about church and Christmas. Lord be with you and also with you a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John when they found him on the other side of the sea they said to him rabbi when did you come here Jesus answered them very truly I tell you you are looking for me not because you saw signs but because you ate your fill of the loaves do you not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures for eternal life which which the Son of Man will give you for it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the true gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord, the word, the light. Be seated, please.
say good afternoon to you. And good afternoon to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Many holidays have two different celebrations or connotations, one worldly and the other Christian. The world celebrates Easter with Easter bunnies and Easter eggs and new clothes and spring breaks, heralding the coming of spring. But Easter is a holy day for Christians, a time when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, his victory over sin and death, and our hope for eternal life. It is a very special day for us. Christmas is another such holiday. For the world, it is Xmas and Santa Claus coming down the chimney and toys. But for Christians, Christmas celebrates the miracle of the virgin birth. And we realize that God loves us so much that he came into our world to live and die among us and teach us how to live both now and for all eternity. Likewise, for many, Thanksgiving has become just a turkey day, a day to throw our diets into the wastebasket, engage in a ritual of overeating and watch football until we're fast asleep. But for Christians, Thanksgiving is a day to acknowledge that everything we have is a gift from God and to lift our hearts in thanksgiving to him. But we're not very good at saying thank you, are we? Well, like a little boy I heard about, on his return from a party, his mother asked him, Bobby, did you thank the lady for the party? He answered, well, I was going to, but the girl ahead of me uh, said thank you, and the lady told her not to mention it, so I didn't. It almost seems that we have to be trained to express gratitude, doesn't it? Now, you've all heard of that traumatic phase of life called the terrible twos. One thing I've noticed about kids going through that phase is that no one had to teach them how to say no. No one had to teach them to grab something and yell, mine. And no one had to teach them to cry when they were unhappy. They did all that without any coaching at all. But they had to be taught to say thank you and please and to be unselfish with their toys. You see, by nature, we're not normally thoughtful and thankful for what we receive. In fact, we often completely overlook many of the blessings that come our way. Gene Parrott suggests that we have more things to be thankful about than, than we realize. For example, he lists these things. Be grateful for automatic dishwashers. They make it possible for mother to get out of the kitchen before the kids come back for between meal snacks. Be grateful for husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house. They usually make them big enough to uh, big enough to call in professionals who'll do it right. Be grateful for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. They're such a joy to have around that you hate to see them go home to their own parents. Be grateful for teenagers. They give parents they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. And at Thanksgiving, be grateful for smoke alarms. They'll let you know when the turkey's done. Now, on a bit more of a serious note, I'm thankful for the sound of the alarm clock early in the morning because it means I'm alive. The clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have plenty to eat. A patio that needs tending to, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing because it means I have a home. All the complaining about our government because it means we have freedom of speech. My weary and aching muscles at the end of the day because it means I have been productive. We have so much to be thankful for, don't we? 
Listen to Luke 12, 22-24. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or, what or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or, we or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. One thing that particularly touches me in this passage is that Jesus says that we are valuable in God's sight. He cares about us and he showers his blessings upon us, even though there are many who have turned away from him. I am the bread of life. Now, in talking about God loving us and providing for all our needs, both now and for all eternity, listen to these words of Jesus recorded in John 6, verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. To those of us who are Christians, that is a familiar and wonderful statement. We thrill at what Jesus is saying and what it means to those who follow him. But I wonder, as familiar a passage as it is, do we really understand what Jesus is saying and why he said it? In the Gospel of John, the first 15 verses of chapter 6 tell about Jesus' blessing and multiplying a, a little boy's lunch of five small uh, barley loaves to, uh, and two small fish into enough food to feed 5,000 men with 12 small baskets of food left over. John 6.14 says, After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. In other words, some of the people were beginning to say, He is the Messiah that God promised to send, the Messiah that, that we have been waiting for, praying for, for nearly a thousand years. With him leading us, we'll drive the Romans out of our land and we'll never be a conquered people again. But as we read further along in the sixth chapter of John, we discover that not everybody was ready to proclaim that Jesus was the Messiah. And this is the argument that they were making. Moses was their greatest prophet. God had used him to free the people of Israel from their slavery in Egypt. Moses had led them during the 40 years of waiting before they could enter the promised land. And all during those 40 years, they did not go hungry because they were miraculously uh, supplied with manna. It was like nothing that they had ever eaten before. It was truly bread from heaven. Now, those who were arguing against Jesus being the Messiah were saying that the scriptures plainly teach that the Messiah would be greater than Moses. And Moses supplied their ancestors with heavenly manna. Well, Jesus had only taken some common earthly food, loaves and fishes, and used that to feed the multitudes. That is when Jesus said in John 6, 48-51, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, I could spend some time right now going into a much longer explanation of all that is involved in calling Jesus the bread of life, but may I just simplify it by saying this. Because he loves us, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, to redeem us from our sins, to die upon that cruel cross, to be raised from the dead, to ascend back to his Father and our God, to prepare a place for each of us. And because of all that, 
If you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your heart. Your sins he'll wash away. Your night he'll turn to day. Your life he'll make it over anew. If you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your heart. Another thing we notice in our scripture text is that God provides the bread. Without God, there would be no bread. And as we have just pointed out, the true bread, bread that takes away death and provides life, comes only from God. Years ago, Fulton Ausler, a famous author, told about a, a maid who worked for his family. She had been there when his mother was born, and she also attended to his birth. As a little girl, she had been a slave in Southern Maryland. He wrote, that woman taught me more about, thing, uh, about Thanksgiving than anyone I ever met. He said, I can remember as a boy seeing her sit at our table in the kitchen. She would sit there with her old crusty hands folded across her starched apron, uh, uh, close her brown twinkly eye, close her brown, brown twinkly eyes and say a simple prayer. Thank you, Lord, for our vittles. Alster said, I would ask her, Anna, what's a vittle? She would say, Vittles, them things that the, them things we eat and the things we drink. He would say, but you would get vittles even if you didn't thank God. That's right, said Anna. But things always taste better when you're thankful. Max Lusado tells about living as an American in Brazil. One day, as he was walking along the street on his way to the university to teach a class, he felt a tug on his pant leg. Turning around, he saw a little boy about five or six years old with dark, beady eyes and a dirty little face. The little boy looked up at the big American and said, Bail, senor, bread, sir. He was a little beggar boy. And Lusado said, There are always little beggar boys in the streets of Brazil. Usually I turn, turn away from them because there are so many and you can't feed all of them. But there was something so compelling about this little boy that I couldn't turn away. So taking his hand, I said, Come with me. And I took him into a coffee shop. He told the owner, I'll have a cup of coffee and give the boy a piece of pastry, whatever he wants. Since the coffee counter was at the other end of the store, he walked on and got a cup of coffee, forgetting about the little boy because bigger boys usually get the bread and then run back out into the street and disappear. But this one didn't. After he received his, page, his pastry, he went over to the big American and just stood there until Lusado felt his staring eyes. Lusado said, I turned and looked at him. Standing up, his eyes just about hit my belt buckle. Then slowly his eyes came up until they met mine. The little boy, holding his pastry in one hand, looked up and said, Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Lusado said, I was so touched by the boy's thanks that I would have bought him the store. I sat there for another 30 minutes, late for my class, just thinking about a little beggar boy who came back and said thank you. I wonder if God feels the same. I wonder if his heart bubbles inside when we, his children, beggars all, come to him and say, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And finally, we need to remember that man does not live by bread alone. Jesus said, do not work for food that spoils, 
but for food that endures to eternal life. How are you doing with your Thanksgiving list this year? Have you been able to think of many things for which you are thankful for? We usually have trouble because we have so much. Most of the things we take for granted or feel that we have earned them. I like Snoopy and Charlie Brown cartoons. And a few years ago, one strip pictured a Charlie Brown uh, bringing out Snoopy's dinner on Thanksgiving Day. But it was just his usual dog food bowl and filled with his usual dog food. And Snoopy took one look at the dog food and said, This isn't fair. The rest of the world today is eating turkey with all the trimmings and all I get is dog food because I'm a dog, he said, and all I get is dog food. He stood there and stared at his dog food for a moment and said, I guess it could be worse. I could be a turkey. He knew there was always something for which to be thankful. Some students had been asked to make a list of things for which they were uh, thankful. One little boy couldn't seem to think of a thing. But finally he wrote, thank you, Lord, for my glasses. They keep the boys from hitting me and the girls from kissing me. There's always something for which to be thankful. A letter to the editor of the Chicago Tribune was written by a man who died, who had just, I'm sorry, who had just buried his wife of 40 years. In it, he said that after all the relatives had left, he had wandered around their house for a while, looking at the furnishings the two of them had bought together and remembering. He recalled 40 years of marriage, 40 years of companionship and happiness. We went through some hard times, he wrote, but she never complained. Even when money was the tightest, she always had a good hot meal ready when I got home. And then he added, but never once do I remember saying thank you. His letter was published in the Chicago Tribune as an appeal to husbands and wives to turn to their spouses and say thank you. Thank you for making my home. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my companion. There is always something you see to cause us to be thankful. This Thanksgiving day, we we sat down with our family or soon we'll sit down with some of them and, and remember. We'll remember good times we have shared. We'll remember some of the blessings that we have, that have come our way. And we'll try to express our thankfulness to our Savior and our God. In his song, My Tribute, Andre Crouch sings to God, How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love to me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to you. Amen. A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Okay, be seated for the announcements, please. Announcements. Announcements, everybody's favorite part of the service, the announcements. Okay.
compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Simple, simple, simple. Just email us, feedback at DallasULC.com. I think that's pretty self-explanatory there. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Great place way to get a hold of us. It's very simple. Feedback at DallasULC.com. You can make a difference. We are a nonprofit organization. We're a nonprofit corporation. None of us here take a salary. We're all volunteers. And we live and survive on your donations. Um, you can donate to our church. If you believe in what we're saying, if you like what you're hearing, if you, if you see that our message is one that needs to get out to the world, help us out. Uh, you can go to anchor.fm slash bishopmark slash support. That is our podcast site uh, that collects uh, donations for us. All 100% of those donations do go to us, the church, Dallas Universal Life Church. Also, you can go to dallasulc.com at any time. I keep that updated there. All of the donation possibilities are there, as well as all of our announcements and everything on the new on news on the, on the churches there. dallasulc.com. Of course, if you shop at Amazon, please always go to smile.amazon.com and make sure that Dallas Universal Life Church is listed as your charity. Uh, Amazon will graciously donate half a cent for every dollar that you spend. And believe me, that does add up. So please, smile.amazon.com. Okay? You can also help us out by volunteering. We always need volunteers here at the church. You can sign up at dallasulc.com slash volunteer.html or you can just see me. Trust me, I can find something for you to do here. There's plenty to get done. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of work to put on a, a service every week and to, and to also be running a church and, and doing, you know, everything else that goes along with that. And a lot of times things don't just, there's not enough time. Not everything gets done. Um, we do our best. We can always use more help. Come check us out. Come talk to me or go to the website. Okay. Prayer requests. Pray at DallasULC.com. That's another website, another email address for you. Pray at DallasULC.com. You can choose to remain anonymous. You can give us your name. You can ask that we say uh, prayers uh, during the week. We pray every single day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. Or you can ask that the prayers be uh, listed in our prayers of intercession on Sunday for the entire congregation to, to pray for. Pray at DallasULC.com. Keep that email safe and, and and, and use it, please. If you have prayer requests, you need something, send it to us. Next Sunday is the beginning of Advent. Um, for those of you who don't know, that is the four weeks preceding Christmas. It's preparation for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to be born into this world. Um, there's a short video here I'm going to play for you. And it's just an explanation of Advent. Uh, we played it last week, but I want to play it again this week for you just so you can catch it and see if... Uh, Hope you didn't miss anything because next it's important. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and run that video.
Okay. Just a brief, but pretty uh, information-filled video there to kind of go about uh, Advent. Now, well, should be a slide there. Oops. Okay. I'm not certainly sure what happened there. weird okay well I know the slide that's missing here is is for uh, it, what it said was uh, Sunday is also the beginning of the church uh, year so it's our, our new years for the church last Sunday was the last Sunday of the church year of course we had late Thanksgiving this year so that kind of made it a little different but uh, this coming Sunday is uh, the first it's it's a new year it's a new year for the church we actually change, we go from, we've been in year C all year for the uh, Revised Common Lectionary. We'll go back to year A now on some different readings. Um, so it's a time for renewal, time for us to begin again and wait for the coming of Jesus Christ to be born to our world. So it's, it's kind of a celebratory time. And also, uh, I noticed that the uh, ad is not here, the slide is not here. I just kind of messed it up, I think. Uh, next Sunday is the uh, 100th episode of Your Path with Bishop Mark, which is our podcast. 100 episodes of Your Path with Bishop Mark. That's a pretty big milestone for, for anybody in any kind of broadcasting. 100 is a good one. Um, so I hope you come and celebrate that with us next Sunday. It's just a couple of days away here. So we've got a lot of work to do between now and then to get going. Uh, it never ends, folks. never ends. All right. I think that's going to do it for today. Okay.